Bonjour, I'm your host, Looney B, the B for business, and you're listening to Loud as a Mother, the audio forum. Please take a second to make sure that you're subscribed, and now to the episode. So if you're new here, welcome. If you are a return listener, then you know that wrongful conviction cases are near and dear to me. Um, so when I get into today's episode, you might be like, why is she talking about him? Like he is more than likely guilty. And that's exactly why I want to talk about Jamel Demons, AKA YMW Melly, Melly. Um, I'm gonna start by saying I stand Melly. All right. Now I just feel he's a good rapper. Like I and I feel like that's hard to come by these days. Okay, I'm gonna try not to get too off topic, but y'all, the rapping today. Oh, anyway, so um, just from first songs I've heard, like I just feel like he can slide on a beat. Like it's just it's therapeutic to me. Like I don't know, I I really like him. Um, but I also know that uh, he has psychological issues and psychotic tendencies, okay? However, to meet the criteria for wrongful conviction, it doesn't mean um, necessarily that they did not commit the crime. It means there could have been prosecutorial misconduct, police misconduct, just lack of evidence, um, Brady violations, uh, which I'll get into. Um evidence tampering, tainted juries, so on and so forth. Um, And in Melly's case, I think there was definitely unreliable witnesses and things like that. So I also want to get off. I don't know if Melly was, is guilty or innocent. I have no idea. Like I started off in the beginning, you know, like he didn't do that. Then as the trial started, I didn't, I really didn't get swayed anymore. I just found a little more information and it was kind of like, okay, but it actually led to more holes. Like why would they do this if this is what happened? So it really didn't make any sense. And I just think that the prosecutors did a terrible job in presenting evidence, um, they did a terrible job at convincing the jury that, you know, he did this, which ultimately led to a mistrial because the jurors were deadlocked, could not come to a decision. Um, and I'm really curious as to like what the split was or whatnot. Um, and I really wonder if that's going to come out or not. But I just feel like that that's... That was perfect because I really, for the most part, worried that he would be judged based off of like his actions and how he was acting in court and his tattoos and, you know, things coming out that had nothing to do with the case. And I think um, that a reasonable, obviously, a reasonable amount of jurors came to the conclusion that it wasn't about that. And that's what you can hope for. Like, it wasn't about that. It's about what they brought to us in this courtroom. And seriously, like, biased or not, liking Melly or not, if you follow this case, you could not come to the reasonable conclusion that he just did this. 
not based off of what you heard in that courtroom. It just, it wasn't convincing at all. So I'm here now because I talked about covering this case um, in more depth in the uh, My Problems in Hip Hop episode. And so I kind of just wanted to make good on that. And like I said, like this isn't one of the ones that I normally do because if you go into it, one, he had some excellent attorneys. Um, he obviously has resources and most of the time, um, I look to present people to you who you probably never heard about, um, and are really, really just looking for someone to listen. But this one was kind of important to me because one, it did have so much attention on it and it kind of helps you see people who aren't interested in things like this, it kind of piques their interest. So you kind of want to know more about it by seeing things and hearing things that you wouldn't normally take interest in. But because you may like this person um, or maybe don't like this person, um, you take interest in it. So I thought that this was a great one to cover and just kind of let everyone know like what a wrongful conviction is. Also, mistrial. A lot of misconceptions are around mistrials and um, that once you reach a mistrial that you're just done. And honestly, I wish that was the case for a lot of times just for the integrity of the justice system, like for real, um, you get to appeal your case and, you know, once you are convicted. So when it comes to a mistrial, I feel that, especially when it's by way of jurors being deadlocked, because it isn't your defense attorney's job to prove you innocent believe it or not. It is the prosecution's job to prove you guilty. So that may seem like, you know, one and the same, but the defense job is to poke holes essentially in the prosecution's case. That's why, you know, the prosecutor goes first, um, the prosecution closes last. Like it's, it's on them to prove this to you. It isn't you kind of going after them you go ahead and rebuttal them or whatnot but it isn't it isn't on you you go and they're calling the witnesses you don't really want to have any witnesses against you per se obviously you can have people who are like your alibis or whatnot but a lot of the people who um take the stand are for the prosecution um however as i was saying a lot of people think that a mistrial is just one and done. A mistrial simply means that you did not get a verdict. And then they will, nine times out of ten, um, go through and retry you. And a lot of the time, you are then found guilty. And many, many, especially high-profile cases... You're then found guilty because the integrity, the reason that jurors aren't able to, you know, look at the media and things like that. These new jurors, they 
have access to this stuff. And then you go on and tell them, oh, don't access it now. But they already seen all the other stuff. The prosecution also, you know, they get to fix their case. Things that did not work for them, things that they seen, especially in this one, I know, um, where so many things were that were confusing on their side. And I know they probably thought helped, but because of the way they had to present it, um, really damaged it for them. So I know that they probably just scrapped that completely. A lot of things that confused the jurors, they will just scrap and be like, you know what? When you doing that. So it just makes for them to have, they already did it once. You know what I mean? So they have all the tools to say what didn't work, what worked. And then you have these jurors, jurors that, um, that, that word kicking my, no, um, <laughs> you have these jurors that, um, have essentially probably already, seen you know facts about the case um so I feel really should happen especially like I said when it's you know because the jury was deadlocked um which essentially means that you weren't able to convince the jury and so um I think that that should just mean that you aren't innocent you aren't guilty. You're out. And if they can present some new evidence in a timely manner, I think that it should be a statute of limitations regardless, regardless of the crime. There's no statute of limitations on murder. However, if you've been tried for it already, then there should be a statute of limitations on when to. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the victims and their families. I want to also get that off. And I know I did not say that sooner. I did say it in um, the other episode, but I want to make sure I say that now. I'm sorry. I don't want to seem insensitive. Um, but real talk, like, I don't think, like, just what I'm saying, I don't think that the case was presented properly. Now, if there are people in the streets of Florida who have information, but I really don't think that. I don't. I think it was some stuff said, you know, about him possibly um, having something to do with this because that's what happens. However, based off of how testimonies went in court, I feel like these I feel like that changed essentially because if these are your friends for 20 years, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not finna sit up here and laugh for you. I would just take the fifth. Like I would take the fifth. His he had a friend who said he was in a car and like so many things. So many things just didn't add up or whatever. So I'm really not saying that he did not do this, but just for the integrity of the justice system, um, there's a lot of times when it just doesn't work for us. I especially feel because he was facing death that um, it was something that I wanted to take some time out to talk about because I'm extremely 100, 1,000% against the death penalty. There are a few people who I feel deserve the death penalty, but because the death penalty isn't, you have to kill 10 people to get the death penalty. You have to 
kill children to get the death penalty. It it isn't. It's a whole spectrum. It's no one thing that gets you the death penalty. So for that reason, I think it should be abolished. It's no way that you know a mass shooter gets the death penalty, and then a person who kills one person gets the death penalty. Like I just don't think that. Like, I'm not trying to value your life or whatnot, but I just, I don't think it's fair. And obviously, I know you're like, well, if they killed your family member, then you, I definitely want to kill them myself. I would, but I just, I don't think it does. Even though when you're on death row, you're usually on there for some time, but you have all these appeals and you have a number of things that are just like I don't know I feel like honestly I want you in the jail when you're on death row you down there by yourself you don't be seeing nobody you don't don't nobody mess with you I need you mess with every day I need you to want to kill yourself every day like you in there just chilling to me I don't know I think I need like a, a different view every time I see death row it's just you know these people down there talking to themselves and like kumbaya. And, and I think I need a, a different picture of what goes on down there. Because um, I just don't feel like they're suffering enough. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, a lot of times they are like no contact. So they don't get to like hug their family members and things like that. But there's, you know, jails that you can't necessarily do that. So... I don't know if that hurts people or what, but, you know, if you did it, I feel like that shouldn't hurt you. You just down there thriving, whatever. As I was saying, death penalty was on the table. So I definitely think that the prosecution should have did a better job if they were really trying to steal this case. Um, And it just, it didn't, they didn't do that for me. They didn't do that for me. I jumped over the place a little bit too. Sorry, hopefully I made it this far. Mistrials don't always get to be retried. Um, but I was saying like high profile cases and I kind of went on that little tangent. But um, they don't always get to get retried. And honestly, I'm feeling like in this case, it may not be able to get retried. Because Melly has been in jail for four years um, he gets to this trial. He has a co-defendant. He gets to this trial um, and is declared a mistrial. So on Friday, August 28th, was supposed to be when he was said to, uh, they were going to say when they were going to retry it and like when that would start. Um, however... It was pushed back to Friday, August 4th. And I'm just like, why did that happen? Um, And it could obviously be just prolonging it for them, for them to find, you know, new evidence or whatnot. Um, And just trying to make it to where he isn't out um, on bond while he awaits trial or whatnot. Um, but I 100% feel that he should, you know, be out. If they do retry this, I think that he should be out. 
because like I said, he was, it was four years. Um, he essentially turned himself in and his co-defendant ain't flipped on him. So it's really no reason for you to keep him incarcerated for a crime that you really cannot, um, bring any real basis on. So yeah, I really am looking forward to August 4th. I wanted to wait and give you all that one. Um, you know, after I'll give you this one after August 4th, but I just wanted to turn this one out. I mean, whatever happens, I mean, I'll give obviously like an update on what they do probably in the beginning of an episode, but I won't go more into depth on this one. Um, I do want to know y'all think Melly, Melly innocent. Y'all think he did it? One of the things that makes me feel like he didn't do it, like I said, was that his co-defendant didn't flip. I just feel like they are offering him death. So I know that they um, did put some crazy deals on the table for um, Bortland. And I'm just like, how how you not flip? Then he has a friend who was, you know, in the other car and... He says that Melly got in the car with him and just has this whole story for what happened that night. And um, I'm just like, why would you do that? Like, I'm just not going to say nothing. Like, if you killed somebody who I'm, you know, I was just shoulder to shoulder with. I don't like I don't care I don't care if we we not friends I don't care about the snitching thing like if I'm not gonna snitch I'm not gonna say nothing I'm not gonna sit up here and lie and then the other guy who was up there who kind of seemed like he was tiptoeing on you know where Melly was or what in the clothes he changed into or whatnot he was so unreliable because he said he couldn't even he didn't even remember initially where he was sitting in the car because um I assume they were so high. Well he said that he said they were so high and so sleepy. So he couldn't even remember where he was sitting in the car. How can you remember anything? How can I believe anything that you are saying? Um it was just a number of things and like I said I think that confused the jurors and the only solid thing they had was basically that they are saying that what Melly is saying didn't happen and they kind of have proof of that like his account is false however they don't have the account of what really happened. They don't have any real motive. Like a lot of things worked against them and the defense did a great job of just poking holes at what they were saying. Like, I mean, I couldn't think of better rebuttals. Like it was a masterclass. But I want to know, do y'all think he did it? Uh, go with bunch of videos on YouTube. Y'all can go through, watch the case or whatnot. And what do y'all think? And based off of what you've learned here today, would you as a juror, um, well, I want you exactly to go through, revisit the case 
And based off of what they presented, would you as a juror um, convict him? Because I feel like on the side of the jury, it was like the people who who were who made it a deadlock essentially. Well, everybody made that like because you're saying yes, you're saying no. But the people who said no, I, I just think did a better job as jurors than the people who were saying yes, because based off of what you got here today, I just don't feel it. What do y'all? So I want y'all to say that. What do y'all think just now? You know, I kind of told y'all a little glimpse, but go see for yourself. So what do you think now, just off of what you know or whatever, do you think he did it or he didn't? And then go look through the trial and see if you would, you know, say yes or no as a juror. That's what I want. Homework time. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure that you go and follow on Spotify as it is the best way to stay engaged and up to date on new episodes. Just click the link in the description. And as always, thank you for letting me get loud as a mother with you.